section eighty one of egypt africa and arabia this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit librivox dot org the world's story volume three egypt africa and arabia edited by eva march tappan section eighty one in the south african army nineteen o three to nineteen o four by gustav frensen from the general scramble of the powers for territory in africa germany emerged with an extensive tract in the southwest she has made vigorous efforts to develop it as a colony spending much blood and money in her attempts to subdue the natives and turn the country into a promising field for german emigration this story is from a book supposed to be written by a soldier in the german army telling of his experiences in the campaign against the natives in nineteen o three to nineteen o four the editor we were to surround the enemy in an arc to the north and corner them just as one runs in a circle and corners a colt so that it runs back where the boy is waiting with a halter in his hand we were to make forced marches with fewer and lighter wagons which meant smaller and lighter rations and with less and lighter clothing we were about three hundred men marines sailors and the home guards who were leading us the troop of old africans again went on ahead officers and common soldiers all mounted then came the old major with one officer then we foot-soldiers in a long thin line veiled in dust here and there in our line were the thirty great cape wagons loaded with the light field pieces and each drawn by from ten to twenty-four long-horned oxen which were driven with much shouting by negroes on both sides of the way was more or less dense grayish-green thorn-bush the wood of which is as hard as bone and which grows to the height of a man and sometimes twice that height and has curved thorns as long as one's finger in such wise and through such country we now travelled day after day and week after week and day by day and week by week our progress became more painful for soon came the time when we began to suffer from hunger and want when the oxen began to fall from exhaustion and when some of the clumsily rumbling wagons were full of the distress of the wounded or very sick when the sun mounted high over us almost to the zenith and the sand was scorching and eyes and throats were burning the van would halt at a clearing where there ought to have been water but the water was not always there then suffering terribly from thirst we had to dig holes to see if we could find a little water slowly filtering through often it was salt or milky from lime or smelled vile and oftener we didn't find even this miserable loathsome water and we had to go on again thirsty far into the night 
if we did find water we would make a barricade of thornbush around us then each mess division would get its meagre supply of food a little meat from a freshly killed ox which had fallen exhausted a little flour and a little rice the meat or flour we stirred up in a kettle with the bad water and set it over the fire calling it meat soup or bouillon with rice or pancakes which they called plensum the cooking utensils were cleaned with sand after that we lay for an hour in the shade of the wagons or of a canvas that had been set up and then started on again weary and indifferent we marched on till evening and often into the night and i don't know that in those weeks we ever sang the moonlight lay wonderfully pale like bright spider-webs over the broad bushy land and the unfamiliar stars gleamed strangely confused and restless the gun-straps pressed on our shoulders our feet stumbled in the uneven track and our thoughts were slow and dull when we had reached water in the night and had had dealt out to us one or two or if it was more plenty even three cook-pan covers full of the miserable stuff we were too tired to cook properly we stirred up together a little of whatever we got and ate it half cooked we had orders to bring the water to the boiling point before we took it but i have seen the officers and for that matter even the physicians themselves drink it just as it was we were too tired and apathetic so it went on every day for four weeks the country was always flat and bushy we didn't see a single house and we didn't meet a human being it was bad that we couldn't take provisions enough with us if we had been able to many more would have seen their homes again we didn't notice it ourselves but the doctors and officers probably saw that we were gradually getting flabby and weak if we had even had time and inclination to cook properly it would have been better but the water was often so repulsive that it was no pleasure and we had to use it so sparingly that our utensils got foul i rubbed them with sand and i rubbed them with grass but they did not get clean and it was bad that we had only thin khaki uniforms in the morning we marched up to our knees in wet grass at noon in hot sand and all day through thorny brush so that the lower part of our trousers fringed out and soon hung in shreds when as sometimes happened a thunderstorm or a shower came up and then night came on we were horribly cold there were some very cold nights thus it had to come about that we soon became very weak even though we did not notice it ourselves i used to think sometimes with surprise there was so much talk and squabbling among us on shipboard and so many jokes among us where are they and why don't we sing how pale and yellow and thin barons has grown how sunken and feverish our under officers eyes look what awfully thin beards we young men have there were many among us not yet twenty once we came upon a great covered wagon left deserted on the road 
a farmer or a trader had wanted to escape and had packed his most valuable possessions in the wagon harnessed his oxen to it and driven the rest of his flocks before it he had come as far as this his bones lay eaten by beasts his goods were stolen and round about the wagon were strewn the only things which the enemy couldn't use his letters and books we buried the bones in the bush tied a cross together with string and set it on the grave and took some letters and remnants of books read them and threw them away another day we discovered hidden in the bush on a hill by the way many deserted huts of the enemy they were like great beehives made of a skeleton of branches and twigs plastered over with cow dung although we were so tired we took the time to set fire to these and afterwards stood on a rise in our road and looked back the glow dyed the evening sky for a great distance besides this i don't know that anything special happened to us we marched continually along the sandy road in a cloud of dust on both sides of us brush that from time to time was thinner or that yielded to make a majestic clearing our horsemen the old africans and the officers rode often an hour in advance of us and tried to spy out the enemy when they came back the news would often spread through the ranks or at night from fire to fire we are close to the enemy now to-morrow or the day after we shall meet them then we rejoiced and each man sat and looked over his gun and examined his cartridge belt but a new day came and still another and we grew weaker and more exhausted and we saw nothing of the enemy so it went on for four weeks further and further it was bad that we never had our clothes off and could never wash ourselves and seldom and then not thoroughly even our faces and hands but what was worse we could never get enough to eat any more they had given to me the task of getting the rations for our mess i brought less and less to the cooking hole a little rice a little flour a little canned meat and a little coffee there was no more sugar and one day i came back from the wagon with no salt then i baked pancakes made of dirty water and flour the water we drank with our food tasted disgustingly of glauber salts often it was as yellow as pea soup and smelled vile the nights were cold i cannot say that we were cast down we didn't grumble either we perceived that it couldn't go any other way and that the officers endured all that we did we were very quiet and sober though we held ourselves together with the thought we shall soon now come upon the enemy and beat them and finish up the campaign and then oh then we shall go back to the capital and get new clothes and have a bath we'll spring into the water and we'll get a new handkerchief a really clean red checked one and a great lot of good meat and a handful of white salt and a great great mug of clean crystal clear water how it will glisten and we'll have a long long drink and hold out the empty mug and again the water will pour into it and we'll drink and drink and then after a few days we'll travel back to the coast and we'll start for home what shan't we have to tell about this monkey land 
our boots fell apart our trousers were nothing but shreds and rags at the bottom our jackets got full of great holes from the thorns and were horribly greasy because we wiped everything off on them our hands were full of inflamed places because we often had to seize the thorns with them our lieutenant often talked to us keep up your courage he would say we shall have a fight and throw the rascals back to the west into the jaws of the main division and in july we'll be at home again i marvelled at him that he though not much older than we and suffering all the hardships that we did was always uniformly calm while we were often good for nothing and got angry and grumbled it wasn't because he had learned more than we i think it came from the fact that he was at heart a cultivated man that is he had his soul and mind in control so that he could value justly and could make allowance for the things about him his will would have it so and it came to pass and i've noticed that will-power is worth ten times more than mere knowing we never said a word of how much we thought of him and watched him he was a small man and rode a strong east prussian horse and always wore his felt hat a little over the left ear with the brim tilted up on the left side the old major came sometimes and addressed us while doing so he looked at each man as closely as though he wanted to find out if he were having any sort of trouble we all felt that he was a wise and wide-awake man and that he had a gentle sympathetic heart we felt therefore safe under him and we knew it could not be any different from what it was or he would have changed it and we would run like so many rabbits if we could do any little service for him when any one had run that way we used to jeer at him and say are you trying to burst yourself man but when the turn came to any one else he would run just the same sometimes when we were all sitting about our fire-holes i would take myself off over to the old africans who always had their fire by one of the wagons which sergeant hansen conducted then hansen would motion to me for he liked me since i had talked to him in the courtyard of the fort they always sat by themselves not entirely out of pride but also because they were mostly from five to twenty years older than we were some of them had been already ten years or more in the country i used to sit down quietly with them and listen with great eagerness to their talk sometimes they talked of the wild fifteen years struggles in the colony in all or part of which they had shared and of the fighting in the last three months they recalled the scene of many a brave deed and named many a valiant man dead or living i was surprised that so many hard undertakings of which i had never heard or read so much as a word had been carried through by germans and that already so much german blood had been lavishly spilled in this hot barren land they touched too upon the causes of the uprising and one of the older men who had been long in the country said children how should it be otherwise they were ranchmen and proprietors and we were there to make them landless working men and they rose up in revolt they acted in just the same way that north germany did in eighteen thirteen this is their struggle for independence 
but the cruelty said some one else and the first speaker replied indifferently do you suppose that if our whole people should rise in revolt against foreign oppressors it would take place without cruelty and are we not cruel toward them they discussed too what the germans really wanted here they thought we ought to make that point clear the matter stood this way there were missionaries here who said you are our dear brothers in the lord and we want to bring you these benefits namely faith love and hope and there were soldiers farmers and traders and they said we want to take your cattle and your land gradually away from you and make you slaves without legal rights those two things didn't go side by side it is a ridiculous and crazy project either it is right to colonize that is to deprive others of their rights to rob and to make slaves or it is just and right to christianize that is to proclaim and live up to brotherly love one must clearly desire the one and despise the other one must wish to rule or to love to be for or against jesus the missionaries used to preach to them ye are our brothers and that turned their heads they are not our brothers but our slaves whom we must treat humanely but strictly these ought to be our brothers they may become that after a century or two they must first learn what we ourselves have discovered to stem water and to make wells to dig and to plant corn to build houses and to weave clothing after that they may well become our brothers one doesn't take any one into a partnership till he has paid up his share one old freight carrier who mixed many english and dutch words in his speech said it would be better if the colony were sold to the english the germans are probably useful as soldiers and farmers he said but they understand nothing about the government of colonies they want this and they want that a younger man who had been in the country only three years said in answer there'll have to be a thousand or two german graves in this country before that happens and perhaps they'll be dug this year over these conversations it got to be late at night the fires still glowed a little and in the uncertain light i saw the faces that had become browned and weather-beaten from the burning of the african sun in these hard hot days of marching and cold moonlight nights when we were advancing painfully but still not without courage one week after another through the wild bushy land there was not a house not a ditch not a tree not a boundary in the burning sun by day or the pale moonlight of the clear nights when i was plodding along hungry and dirty and weary by the sandy uneven wagon track my gun on my shoulder when i lay in the noon hour in the shadow of the great cape wagons and in the bitter cold nights hungry and restless in a thin blanket on the bare earth and the strange stars shone in the beautiful blue heavens then i believe even then in those painful weeks i learned to love that wonderful endless country End of section eighty one this recording is in the public domain